Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. Last week, we had the pleasure of going to London and I spoke to a wonderful coach, Coach Alex Nichols, who is a U16 Academy coach at the Arsenal. And Alex is going to be in Charlotte for two weeks in a summer camp. My boys will definitely be down there. I'm going to put his information in that podcast in the show notes, because if you're on the East Coast, I think this is something that would be of great value to your child. Um, Alex goes into a lot of detail, and his feedback will be very valuable because not because you're trying to get signed to be a professional pro, but you have someone who has seen thousands of kids at high levels and in between who can give you, um, you know, one honest assessment from his perspective of where your child is. And I think that that's, that will at least be valuable to me. So if you're not familiar with Anytime Soccer Training, Anytime Soccer Training is the only training app with thousands, I used to say a thousand, but now we've kind of creeping up to the 5,000 mark of videos and fun games. And the reason we have so many sessions in it is because it follows a relatively, really slow progression. And that what that looks like is it's one move per video, right? And once you practice two or three moves, again, it's one move per video, we we create a review video that practices all those three or four moves that you just practiced, right? And so because of that, for every move, you kind of multiply it by four. And that's okay, because I am dedicated to helping parents and empowering parents as parents to help their children. And through a lot of trial and error, heartache and pain, I settled on, you know, the golden standard when you're working with your kid is a three to five minute video that focuses on one thing at a time until they get it. So check out anytime-soccer.com to learn more about what we're doing. We just added the reporting feature, which is pretty cool. So this week, for example, um, my oldest son did two hours and 35 minutes of Anytime Soccer training. And at some point, I'm going to explain how this data translates into sort of, or is important in terms of how I think about what they do at home and how much they do at home uh, is part of my grand plan to produce professional soccer players, as I've been told. But, but in reality, it's not really about that. Um, it's really more about me modeling some of the research that I'm familiar with when it comes to um, competitive sports and sort of supplementing and filling the gaps where I think the club just doesn't have the resources to do. So uh, in a later podcast, after some of the numbers are, I get it, so I get some more of the numbers coming through the app, I will share with you sort of what we do, why we do it, how long we do it, ups and downs. Okay, so expect that. All right, so this is going to be a very short podcast, hopefully, because I'm actually not going to, I don't have a solution, I don't have a recommendation. I'm really asking a question. It's an open question I'm going to ask. And I want any coach, parent, trainer, um, club director, or anyone in the know who thinks they can answer this question or is 
already doing this, to please email me at neil at anytime-soccer.com. Again, it's neil at anytime-soccer.com. That's N-E-I-L. And I'll put that in the show notes to email me because I would like to invite you on to explain the answer or your answer to that question because I think it will be very valuable. But before um, I pose a question, I do need to tee it up a little bit. So the first thing we have to remember as from my perspective is there are a lot of reasons I, I'm doing this podcast and, and um, producing this content. But one of the reasons that I haven't talked about a lot is I am a self-proclaimed youth soccer parent consumer advocate. And I said a lot there, but basically what I want to bring to the table is I want to help translate um, a lot of the content that we hear from coaches and club directors and stuff and mental specials. I want to translate that to parents in a way that they can be more um, judicial, more discerning uh, when it comes to evaluating um, their situation with clubs or whoever. So in other words, I don't want to market, if I'm selling cars, I don't want to market to you all of the uh, fancy features of the car. I want to be the consumer reports and compare the cars and give you a quick and dirty way of determining if you're you're getting good value for money. That's really what I want to do, right? And that doesn't come across well in writing oftentimes because the line of questioning seems to be very, um, belligerent uh, or, or preachy. But really what I'm trying to do behind the scenes is learn, uh, you know, how can I help other parents and myself, you know, discern, dis- you know, understand, evaluate all this information that we're receiving. Because I've talked about parent education uh, or the parent or the industry of parent education and before, before, and you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know, I've mentioned it can be too general, not a lot of actionable insight. And oftentimes it's, it's all well-meaning, but oftentimes it's two coaches talking to each other. And the assumption is that they're both competent, doing the best they can, and there are no issues. So it's not ideal for someone who is trying to evaluate um, an inflection point, trying to evaluate they're at a crossroads and they're trying to determine how do I know whether to go with this club or how do I know whether to go with this club? How do I know if this is that and that? And that's kind of the question that we're going to pose uh, in a second. All right. So I tee that up. So now I have to tee up one more, um, I mean, three more sort of building block assumptions that I have laid out throughout the uh, history of these podcasts. And I'm free speaking this when I don't have my notes. So I'm going to paraphrase. And if I make mistakes or whatever, it is what it is. Okay. So the first big assumption that's relevant to this question I'm going to ask is, I believe that anything dealing with youth soccer, any behaviors that you want to see regarding youth soccer um, are measurable, right? There is nothing that 
I will ask my sons to do or my teams to do or kids I train to clinic to do that I can't measure. It gets a tiny bit, tiny bit fuzzy with the mental side, but even that, there are behaviors that are so well linked to most mental uh, attitudes that, you know, it's still a good way to measure it. So work ethic may be an example, right? Like, you know, it's kind of hard to measure whether or not the person, the person's attitudes towards work, but you can look at work rate statistics. You can look at, are they on time? You can look at, you know, uh, fitness level at the beginning of training camp, all that kind of stuff. And all those will paint a picture to their general sort of attitude, right? Now, just because something can be measured doesn't necessarily mean it should be measured or, or, and it also doesn't mean that you have the resources to measure it, right? So I have this conversation a lot on social media and people quickly jump to reasons why they can't measure something. And these are normally valid reasons, right? I mean, you just don't have the resources. And even if you could measure it, you kind of know if you're doing X, Y, and Z in the context of youth soccer, the outcomes will probably be pretty good. And if you're not doing X, Y, and Z in the context of youth soccer, the outcomes will probably not be favorable, right? So I'm, I don't necessarily need to do a, a study on that. But if I'm talking to someone um, who is asking it in theory, in theory, you should be able to lay out, if I could wave a magic wand and resources were not an issue, manpower or, or woman power were not issues. I had unlimited resources. In theory, this, these are the, the metrics that I would use to gauge whatever. Okay. The next thing I said is development as it's commonly, um, as the word is commonly used in youth soccer, um, has two big categories. There's all the non-soccer stuff. And for the purposes of this, we just call it human development. That's all the, the child development stuff. And then there's soccer development. Well, for the purposes of this podcast and as a consumer um, advocate, I try to, try to control for the human development piece because that's subjective. It's based on people's priorities. I mean, even the soccer stuff is somewhat subjective and based on people's priorities, but the human development stuff is really subjective. And at the end of the day, many organizations, many non-soccer organizations, including the family unit, can provide a lot of the human development stuff. But only the club, the child is that, or the soccer, or the people providing the soccer tuition, I mean, soccer uh, education are providing the soccer development, basically. I know free play and all this kind of stuff and kids do this, but basically. So when I start talking about, you know, evaluating development, I really want to control for what is it that the club is doing um, with the understanding that I could technically get that human development by taking karate or signing them up for music or swimming, you know, um, or track and field. So we try, we try to narrow it to the, to the soccer development. And I offered my definition, I can't remember it verbatim, but it went something like this. It's a process. So, so number one, it can be replicated. Where you take, where the, where the 
organization takes what the kids already have, so what they're bringing to the table, they teach it, they teach them something tactically, um, technical, all that kind of stuff. They teach them stuff. So they take what you bring into the table, they teach them stuff, which translates into accelerated and effective on-field performance as an individual. And this is the part where I, people get tripped up. And as the individual within a team context. And I need to do a whole different podcast on what I mean by the individual within a team context. So I don't necessarily mean the team because youth soccer team, team concepts can be a bit tricky, but the individual with the, with the individual understanding that they're not the only person on the, pit, on the pitch is kind of what I'm looking at and how do they then add value to the team. So that's how I define development. That's how I define the development process. You got kid is bringing something to the table. You're teaching that child something. Whatever it is, whatever it is you're teaching them accelerates their um, on-field performance individually and as an individual within a team context. That's kind of how I how I think about it. And I'm saying I think you know if we go back to the measurement there are probably ways that you can determine if that's working. And then um, the last one is, uh, oh, now when we look at the team though, not the individual within the team con concept or the team context, but when we look at the team, I also argued, hey, there are some very um, basic, anecdotal, if you want to use that word, metrics that I look at to at least screen a youth soccer team. So doesn't tell you everything you need to know at all, but it will, but if they pass this test, I'm interested. If they can't pass this test, I'm going to start asking questions. Okay. And I effectively said, listen, and, and at the time I, at the time I wrote this and came up with this concept my sons were my oldest one was probably about a U10 so as they get older I may have to calibrate it to the age because it well quite frankly I haven't I've still been kind of he's at U12 now and I'm still disappointed with what I see in many cases but I just want to say if you're listening to this and it's a U7 you got a U17 or something then you need to you need to ratchet it up a bit but anyways, I said, listen, you got to be able to connect at least five passes at a minimal, and you need to be able to do that consistently, right? The, I mean, you think about it, the keeper, and I'm kind of talking about from the back, but it doesn't matter. The keeper passing to the defender, that's one. They get one already, free. And then if the defender is under an extreme amount of pressure or duress, they can always pass it back to the keeper. So you're already starting with two. And then the keeper should be able to easily just pass it back, pass it to the other side of the field, right, from where they receive the ball. So you're already, you're kind of already getting three. So you're really saying, can you effectively, can you pass? Because if you start passing it back to the keeper again, you're going to run into, you probably run into problems if they press it. So we're really saying, can you at a minimum consistently connect two passes? 
And even that fourth pass should be relatively easy because if they were started on the right side and then went back to the middle and then went all the way back to the left side and the ball is moving with relative speed, you know, there should be space for that attacking, I mean, that holding midfielder to receive the ball. So you're kind of really only talking about one. I know it doesn't work exactly like that, but that's, I consider five to be a relatively low bar. And it has nothing to do with possession soccer, has nothing to do with teaching kids team concepts before you work on individual development. I consider this to be, you know, the peanut butter and jelly of cooking. You just, you just gotta know it. You just have to be able to do this. And so if I'm talking to parents and they said to me, you know, how, how, how do I know which team is, a, is doing whatever, then that's just a screener. Doesn't mean things are going well, but that's just a simple screener. And then the next thing I look at is when the child receives the ball, um, are they looking up and evaluating their options or, or are they just getting the ball dribbling and doing whatever? And even that, again, should happen uh, very frequently as they get older. But if you start looking at the younger ages, you should see that. And, you, and if you don't see that, again, that raises a red flag for me. Now, ideally, I want them looking before they receive the ball. But at a minimum, they should be looking to evaluate their, option, their options once they receive the ball. And then the final thing I'll look at is sort of uh, do they take shape? in defense. So do they really fight hard to get possession back and are they fighting really hard to get back into, um, get back behind the ball basically in this defensive shape out of possession. And the reason I look at that is because uh, that's very difficult to do because you're tired. And so it really requires day in, day out of someone staying on them to do it. And then you have to have some conditioning in place um, some kind of way in order for the kids to actually be able to do it. So if you pass those three, then I'm interested, right? If you don't pass those three, I got questions. Not to say it's a bad situation, but I got questions. So, you know, I could ask the question why, and then the person can say, oh, this is our first week of the season. Oh, of training. Oh, okay. I got it. Why? Oh, you don't notice this, but, you know, the kids are actually two years younger than the team you're playing. Oh, okay. I got it. So it doesn't, there are a zillion reasons why that may fall apart, but again, that's just a simple screener I look at. All right, so now that I've said all that, and that, that was really for the benefit of the person listening to this who is going to be brave enough to shoot me an email and help me, help me understand the question I'm about to ask. I, so here, here's the question, and I'm going to give you the scenario. So the question is simple. How do you know your process, which I define, but you can define it how you want. Your process of development is working. How do you know? How do you know it's working? That's that's really what I want to know, right? And so here is the scenario that I'm going to paint for you. And then um, you can listen to this. You can, you can write me if you want to get on and be interviewed. I would love to do that. You can do it with video, you can do audio, you can give me a call and I'll take notes and turn the blog post. However you want to help me help other parents and myself, I'm interested. I'm willing to do that. So it's Mother's Day today. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. And so this, uh, so, so 
this is how the story is going to go. All right. Mom lives with 10-year-old son. Divorced from husband who now lives in California. Mom lives in North Carolina where I'm at. Husband sees the um, expenses that the mom is spending on uh, soccer fees and says, why are you spending so much money on soccer? And the mom replies, oh, I, I, I get that. I understand that. It's because um, the program or the club that we have our son in, he's your son too, remember that, they're, they're focused on development and they're, they're, they're really good at developing. They're not just out there playing kickball. They're really developing you. And the father says, really? Okay. Well, how do you know that? Right? Because I'm looking on the internet and there's another club that costs half the money that this one costs. How do you know that this one is developing our child and developing the team? And the mom says, well, you know, I don't really follow it like that. I know the coach. I trust the coach. And that's what he's telling me. And the husband says, yeah, but that's not good enough because we can, we can save $1,000 by just going to the club down the street. And she says, okay, I'll tell you what. Call the coach and you have a conversation with him and, um, and let him explain to you how, how you will know that, uh, that how, how they determine that the child is developing. So um, the coach calls the dad, the dad calls the coach, says, hey, got my son here. I hear great things about the program, but I just don't know how you guys know that my child is developing. And I'm looking at another club that costs half the amount. You know, can you tell me something? And then the coach says, oh, okay, I'll tell you what, come to practice on Monday and we'll show you some of the stuff that we do. And then you'll see, uh, you'll see sort of where the level of detail and the attention that we, we give to all kids. And Dad says, that sounds like a great idea, but I actually live in California, so I'm not going to be able to attend any practices. Okay, so then the coach says, all right, I'll tell you what, I'm going to send you his um, evaluate, player evaluation. We do a player evaluation every year of all the players. We give them their strengths and their weaknesses, and, um, and that's what they need to work on, and then that's where we focus our time, and it's individual, and, every, and the players – parents like it players like it and they can't and the uh, kids know exactly what they need to work on and the dad because he's anal like me is probably saying it says response that's great i definitely want to see that because that will give me an idea of what my child's where my child's strengths and weaknesses are but hopefully you can understand that doesn't give me any indication of the the rate of their development or what benchmarks you're using to even evaluate and, and how do they and how are they comparing to the other kids? And, and so while that player evaluation is great, what is the rate of the development? What is the what's the impact? So in a nonprofit space, I used to be in a nonprofit space in a former life. We had to spend a lot of time trying to measure our impact. <laughs> painful for donors right you're gonna give us a million dollars you know tell me how this million dollars that i just gave you is impacting your mission you said you want to help kids who um who are facing homelessness go to college well okay show me the numbers how does how is it what is it that you do you just got my million dollars show me the impact statement of how it's working where you put the money and 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 then the results 
And so what he's what what the dad is effectively asking for is the impact statement. I'm giving you my child three days a week of training, uh, a weekend game for 10 months. I want to know the impact that that has on my child from a soccer perspective. And I want you to be able to explain it to me in a way that's, I guess, reasonable, considering that I'm not going to see practice and I'm not going to see a game. And I'll end with uh, this because, you know, I also have a background in business. If someone comes to you and says, I want to invest in your business and I want to understand, you know, if it's successful, you have an ice cream shop and I want to invest in the ice cream shop. But how do I know that my money is going to be uh, I'm going to get a good return on my investment over time? How do I know that? And then if I said, oh, just come down and taste the ice cream. If you taste the ice cream, you're going to know immediately. Okay, that's good. I, I, I appreciate that. I'm sure the ice cream tastes good. I've heard a lot about the ice cream, but how do I know? And so then I would have to, you know, not to get into any particular wonky details, but I would have to say, well, last year we had 500 customers. <laughs> this year we had 1,000. And, you know, 20% of those thousand came from referrals so people who were eating our ice cream seemed to like it and of the 500 that we had last time 80 percent of them are repeat customers so whatever i don't know what you got to use to figure that out but there's got to be some way of uh being able to explain at least in theory what you would be able to do I mean, sorry, how you would explain, how you would measure your impact as a club on a so from a soccer perspective. So that's an open-ended question. I have my own ideas, but I haven't run any soccer clubs, so I don't know. And I'm just a parent. I didn't grow up playing soccer. And I'm actually more interested in your ideas so that I can translate these ideas and produce content and guidance for other parents who are trying to figure this stuff out. So, man, I have some people in mind. I will reach out to you personally if, if I don't hear from you. But I am asking any of my, you know, I think I got, I'm, I'm about at like 100 listeners now. Any of you guys, please, please, please email me and explain how you explain or how you would explain to someone who cannot see the club, cannot see the games, cannot see the practice doesn't care about if their child is happy. They just want to know soccer development. How do I know that you have taken what my son brings to the table? What, what, um, how you take what he's bringing to the table, what you teaching him to improve on field performance individually and within, and as an individual within a team concept context and if you don't if you reject that definition or if you say you know what no we can't se separate the soccer stuff from the human stuff and blah 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 if you reject that that's fine too there's no wrong answers um i just want to learn uh uh sort of what folks are out there doing all right guys this is neil crawford this has been another edition of the inside scoop i really really appreciate your time definitely check out anytime-soccer.com to learn more please join the mailing list. I am a one-man show, folks. And I have, with the help of a wonderful team behind me, but we've created thousands and thousands of videos. And the whole program costs less than a dinner for two. 
And oh, by the way, if you you email me and you just want to try it out for longer for free, just email me and I'll hook you up. So please try to support what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to do. Uh, it would mean a lot to me. And uh, we're just going to keep it going. All right, let's get better together. Hey guys, I just jumped on to give one point of clarification that I forgot in the original recording, which is this question is mainly directed to those uh, coaches, club directors, trainers of higher level um, programs, more competitive programs. I love our rec coaches. I am a rec coach and rec moms and dads out there doing the best they can with the resources they have. So no, I don't want any of our rec folks to feel they have to ponder the question of development in those eight to 10 weeks they're with our, our children. This is uh, really for those folks who are um, in the business of developing uh, players who potentially want to play at a higher level than they are now. All right. Thanks. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you.